It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, I'm going to see if I can quickly introduce the cast here in the next, eh, let's say, 75 seconds. I'll point to their heads. Danny O'Neill. Colleen O'Brien. Chris Sullivan. Wow. I think the applause meter jumped really high on that one. Let's see here. All right. And if you want Tim Hake to win. Of course, there's always Heather Bosch. Ryan McGuire. See, I said all those nice things about Ryan earlier because I knew he was here. Okay. Um, Drew Barth. And the reason that I got into doing live radio broadcasts back in 2002, after two years of doing them live to tape, John Curley. Curly and I did It's a Wonderful Life in 2002 at the Old Mohai on King FM. And I think there was about 200 people. And it, anyway, long story. Next to John, of course, Ursula Reutin. And then Dave Ross, of course. Carolyn Osorio. Nicole Jennings. And from our former, not just news partner, but we actually were part of the same company many sad years ago. No, um, Nick Allard from Cairo TV. And of course, Curtis Takahashi on sound effects. So we're roughly 30 seconds away. Do join us for the reception afterwards downstairs. Um, I'm going to hand things over to the legendary radio voice of John Maynard, who will be your announcer tonight. Um. Thank you, everybody. You tell me when. You're going to give me one of these, right? Okay. Hi, Verona. You ever used one of these before, John? Mm-hmm. Live from First Baptist Church on Capitol Hill in Seattle, Cairo Radio, Seattle Radio Theater and Town Hall present a very Cairo Christmas. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've crashed the Cairo Clubhouse. This is John Maynard. Welcome to our live broadcast of an original holiday drama starring your favorite Cairo Radio Voices and me, John Maynard, thank you. Tonight's special presentation of a very Cairo Christmas stars, John Curley, Dave Ross, Ursula Royteen, Colleen O'Brien, Chris Sullivan, Tim Hake, Danny O'Neill, Nick Allard, Heather Bosch, Carolyn Osorio, Ryan McGuire, Drew Barth, and Nicole Jennings. 
And our story begins in a big city uh, radio studio. Do you remember those? It's early December. And that popular show, Moneyvation, with Alex Green, is wrapping up another three hours of outstanding radio entertainment and hard-hitting business and investment invites. The star of the show is that well-known Northwest business guru. And ladies, he also happens to be one of the region's most eligible bachelors. His name, of course, is none other than Alex Green. Well, he's been at this radio thing for a while now, but the big VC deals used to be his bread and butter. They become fewer, farther between. In the books, the seminars, he's always plugging. They're not selling as well as they used to. The cable TV deal that never materialized. Now, chances are everything is going to work out for Alex Green and the other people you're about to meet, but you might say that at the moment, Alex is about to have a bit of a holiday-themed existential crisis. Uh, Jan and Muckleteo, here on Moneyvation Nation with Alex Green. Okay, you had a question about derivatives. Jan. Uh, hello? Hey, Jan, you're going to need to turn down that radio. Now, I understand you've got a question about derivatives. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about moving my 401k into something a little more risky than the uh, mutual funds I'm in now. And I, uh, I heard that derivatives are a good choice, huh? Do you have my book, Jan? Your book? Yes. Rich Like Me. There's a whole chapter on it. You can... Buy it at my website at moneyvationnation.com. Or better yet, why don't you sign up for my Big Bucks Boot Camp? It's a one-day Rich Like Me seminar. Uh, we've got one coming up in January in Muckleteo, Puyallup, Seattle, all over the place. You can find out how to trade just like the big boys do. Now, Jan, my friends, when they sign up using the Alex Green code, just like you, because you are my friend, Jan, you're going to get a discounted rate. You're also going to get a free copy of Rich Like Me. All right, so that sound good? You like that, Jan? Okay, I can look into maybe doing that, but uh, can you tell me anything about derivatives in the meantime? I mean, the stock market is pretty scary right I now. I would love to, Jan, but hey, look at this, we're out of time. Thanks for the call, bye-bye. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for another week. I'm Alex Green, and I want to thank you for being a part of Money Nation Nation. Until we meet again on the radio on Monday, remember to always say it with me, everybody. Buy low and sell high, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another great show, Alex. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling it anymore. Well, All I do is just push a lot of books and seminars. I do these terrible ads for products. I don't even know anything about them. Well, I mean, you work with what you have. and I don't know. I'm just not feeling it, really. It's, I don't feel like I'm helping anybody anymore. Why is this bothering you now? I mean, I should be happy. I'm good looking, uh, fabulously successful, and wealthy. I've got my own hair growing in my own natural places naturally. Hey, hey, that's great, Mr. Fabulous, but you've also got a live read coming up here in 10 seconds. Yeah, but somehow, though, it's... I'm oblivious to it, but probably it's painfully clear to everyone else around me. There's something missing from my life, some basic human need, something that perhaps... That sounds pretty weird coming from me, but something that money can't buy. Yeah, whatever. Time for the spot. You're on. Do you ever yearn to see things a little more clearly? What's going on? Well, you've got a better picture of what's hurtling down the road towards you. Hey, everybody, it's Alex Green. A commercial word for wipe attrition windshield wiper and the award-winning wipe attrition windshield wiper winter windshield performance system. Oh, That's right. Please.
please turn that guy down. I can't stand his irritating voice and, and all those smarmy commercials he always does. Okay, okay, Madison. I'll shut it off. I'll shut it off. Why do you even listen to that show? You don't have any investments. I'm not sure. His voice feels so... It feels so familiar to me. And, well, it was kind of just to keep me company on this long drive. Oh, but I swear, even at home, you have the guy's show on the radio all the time, and it's so stupid. He's so stupid. <sighs> we can keep you company, Ma. Oh, that's very sweet, Forrest. How soon till we got there? Well, it's only another hour or so to Maplewood, but we don't have to rush since the moving truck is not going to be there until Monday. Is there room at Grandma and Grandpa's for all the furniture from the old house? No, there's not, unfortunately, but we're only going to stay with them until we get settled, and I can get up to speed on running the Snowflake factory. Then we'll find our own place. With our own bedrooms? Yes, Forrest, with our own bedrooms. Oh, with no daddy. <laughs> And speaking of crisis, that was Molly Carpenter driving with her two kids, Forrest and Madison, in their Subaru wagon and listening to Alex Green on the radio until the kids made her shut it off. They're moving back to Maplewood, the small town in the Cascade foothills where Molly grew up, where she met and fell in love with her husband, Paul. But Paul's not in the car with the family on that chilly December afternoon. I'm afraid he's... He's not even there in spirit. Because you see, Paul got sick last year and passed away. So Molly is a widow. I mean, she's a plucky one at that, raising a couple of kids on her own and doing a darn good job of it. But something's missing from her life. Well, there's no time to worry about that now because uh, she's got to rescue the family business. Her parents had become too old to manage the place on their own. Meantime, back in the big city, Alex Green has shut the soundproof door to his radio studio where his show is produced. He's walking down the hall, headed for the exit. He's thinking about the joy he'll experience when he sinks into the rich Corinthian leather interior of his obscenely expensive sports car. Hey, bye, Hattie. Have a great weekend. Okay, see you Monday. Uh, hey, can, can you come in a little early? We've got a few promos to pre-record before the show. Hey, Alex, Alex, hey, hey, hang on a minute before you go. Hey, what does Daryl want anyway? It's the only time I ever see this guy. He's got some bad news. I, I want to talk to him about the, the national syndicated thing. He always says he's got that plan for me. Wait, didn't you see the ratings that came out this morning? Oh, gosh, not good? No. <laughs> I'm glad I caught you. <laughs> Hi, Hattie. Um, Alex, can I see you a moment? Sure, what's up? Um... Let's step in the studio here. Uh-oh. What's this all about? The, the ratings? Um, I'm sorry, Alex. Oh, boy, here we go. The uh, ratings are, uh, well, <laughs> they're, they're a little soft. Come on, it's November. What do you want? The holidays, the weather, you know what I mean? Uh, Shopping, everything else. Maybe, maybe. But, but the station is also going in a different direction. A different direction. Yeah, one with higher ratings. <laughs> and, and one that's a little more, you know, warm and fuzzy, kindler warm and, and gentler. Warm and fuzzy? 
Kind and gentler. Look around. The world has moved on from the tone and tenor of Alex Green, my friend. And now the station has to as well. Look, I, I, I can do warm and fuzzy. <laughs> I don't think so. I need your card key. Janine at the front desk has a banker box with all your stuff in it. A, a, a banker box? I'll walk you down there and you can <laughs> sign the paperwork she has for you and you can have your things and be on your way. Uh, my card key? And, and please, one yeah. more thing, Alex. Yeah, what? Let me be the first member of the Vanguard Broadcasting Group to wish you great success in all your future endeavors. <laughs> I need a cup of coffee before we get to Grandma and Grandpa's. Let's stop right here at Pop's Cafe. Coffee sounds good. You're too young. You can have hot cocoa. Mom! It is so chilly out. I forgot how much colder it is in Maplewood this time of year. Can I get a cookie? Forrest, there will be cookies at Grandma and Grandpa's. I really just need to take a break before we see them. Clear my head a bit. Come on inside. place smells weird. Pop's Cafe. It hasn't changed a bit. That weird guy behind the counter is smiling at us. Ooh, that's Pop. He hasn't changed a bit either. Molly? Molly Company? Is that really you? Pop! You look great! Well, no, I wouldn't go quite that far. <laughs> my word, are these two yours? Yes, this is my daughter Madison, and this is my son Forrest. <laughs> Nice to meet you. Uh, are you kids going to be helping your mom with the snowflake factory? Uh, well, <gasps> the snowflake factory. I almost forgot. I was supposed to meet Mac over there to get the lay of the land. What time is it now? Uh, it's about five to three. <sighs> okay, that's good. That's just enough time to drive over. Pop, can you please give Madison and Forrest some cocoa for here? And I'll just take a cup of coffee to go. Come in right up. The kids want marshmallows? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Good. All right, all right, all right. Mom's first. Here you go. Molly, careful, it's hot. Thanks, Pop. You don't think these two will be any trouble while I'm gone? Trouble? No, of course not, of course not. Okay, I'll be back as soon as I can. Bye, kids. Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom. <laughs> She's wonderful. So, some uh, whipped cream? Hmm? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Huh? Is that enough? A little more? Mm, thank you. <laughs> okay, very, very much. Good. Very nice. You kids deserve it after what you and your mom have been through. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. He was a good guy. Made his hometown proud. Did you know him? I know him. <laughs> he worked for me at this very cafe all through high school. I remember when he and your mom had their first date. Mom and dad went on a date? Ew, that's so gross. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> well, now, I reckon your mom's going to need all the help she can get with the factory. I know your grandma and grandpa are thrilled to have her back in town. It's getting to be too much for them. And it almost closed last Christmas, but with all the changes in the industry and that pesky snow globe tariff. Uh... I, I don't understand why they need mom's help. It's just a stupid factory with a bunch of dumb machines. <laughs> dumb machines? Stupid factory? <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth, Madison. That factory, <laughs> that factory is about jobs, beautiful and strong jobs. Well, that factory, that factory is the heart of Maplewood. What do you mean? Have you kids seen those cheap snow globes? You know, the ones from China? Yeah, 
I've seen them. You can always spot them because uh, water it gets all cloudy. Well, with those cheap snow globes, that cloudy water always starts to leak out or just plain evaporates so that the, the, the snowman's head with his cute little silk hat or the, or the top of the space needle or whatever, it's all you can see. Just stick it out of the milky, soupy snow globe mess. Aren't all snow globes like that? No! Absolutely not. The water gets milky because the snowflakes are worthless. Those cheap ones give snow globes and miniature snowflakes everywhere a bad name. They are far inferior to anything ever produced by the Carpenter Snowflake Company. Carpenter Snowflakes are made with... with... Well, they're made with love. They're like the apples and cutlets of miniature artificial snowflakes. But they're just little dumb white pieces of plastic. <laughs> dumb little white pieces of plastic? <laughs> oh, I have a customer. <laughs> we'll talk more about this. <clears throat> ah, well, what can I do for you? Pop? Is that, is that Pop? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know you. I know that voice. It's me, Pop. But yeah, you probably get a lot, get a lot of that on the radio. Remember? <laughs> Remember, buy low, sell high, yeah, 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 yeah. What does a man have to do to get a cup of coffee around here? I mean, who exactly does he have to... Jack, Jack, Jack. Jack, I've got kids here. Just bring me a thermos. I'll fill it up again. Well, here, Pop. Why are you looking at me like that, young fella? <coughs> who, me? I wasn't looking at anybody. You've got a strange look on your mug, and it sounds like you're having trouble making the old lungs work. <coughs> Why are people always doing that around me? What's with the coughing? Nothing, nothing. Just trying to get, trying to breathe, trying to get a little, uh, get a fresh air, something sort of a distinct odor coming from someone here at Pop's Cafe. <coughs> well, I don't know nothing about that, but I do know old Jack doesn't like... Take kindly to strangers looking at him. I'm sorry, I didn't mean any, no disrespect. Ah, uh, there you go, Jack. Full tank of my best mud. On the house, of course. Thank you, Pop. Bless you for your kindness. And good day to you, stranger. Hmm. Good old Jack. <laughs> what a gruff but lovable character who will probably end up playing some kind of surprising yet pivotal and almost, dare I say it, predictable role in the events that are about to unfold here in Maplewood. <laughs> I reckon. Why, why is he like that? Oh, I don't know. I suppose he hasn't bathed in quite a while. No, no, no. I mean, why is he so gruff? Not sure, but when the old frozen pea plant closed down a decade or so back... Jack lost his job, and like a lot of folks around here, went a little crazy. Yeah, I read about the frozen pea plant. Yes, yes. Only old Jack, he didn't hide the crazy as well as everybody else, I suppose. <laughs> but living out in the woods there, you know, somewhere up in the mountains, been living up there ever since, and ah, still mm. comes into town for my coffee, though. <laughs> I suppose things happen every day that could make all of us want to hide out in the mountains, especially if we could get a free thermos of coffee. <laughs> now... Now, wait a minute. Before old Jack interrupted us, you had just told me that you're some kind of radio guy. What were you saying, Sonny? I, I said, I always say, buy low, sell high. Aye, 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 aye. 
All right, so finally, the millions of little snowflakes come down this here conveyor belt for their final washing and drying. And then, naturally, the tumbling. The tumbling? Yeah, yeah, the tumbling. It sort of takes the sharp edges off, introduces a negative charge of stagnant electricity, makes each individual snowflake that much less likely to stick to each other and less likely to disintegrate. Minimizes the dreaded clumping, too. It's a patented process that I helped develop more than 30 years ago. Oh, right. I remember my dad mentioning that. He said it was the tumbling that set apart Carpenter Snowflake Company's snowflakes from those cheap imitators. Absolutely. Now, Mac, you've explained the manufacturing process here, and it all looks very simple and straightforward. Now, I was giving you the best-case scenario, but really, there are several potential choke points in the process. Choke points? Yeah, the biggest of which is timing. For instance, our biggest customer, okay, our only customer, Snowflake International, Globe International, well, they're expecting 75 boxcars full of Carpenter Snowflake, company's finest snowflakes, to arrive in Chicago on December 26th at 9 p.m. sharp, central time. And I mean sharp. No later, no sooner. So what's the problem with that? Well, there's no problem. As long as we get everything finished and loaded up and on its way, so the special train can leave Maplewood precisely at 8 p.m. Pacific time on December the 24th. Snow Globe International don't want our flakes any later or any sooner, or they'll reject the shipment. And then we're out of business. Oh, I get it. So if it goes well, everybody gets two weeks off, we start up again in January, making the snowflakes for next year's shipment. And if we're late, or if we're early... SI will start buying their snowflakes from China. So what I think you're saying is you need my help with managing the staff for those last crucial two weeks before Christmas. Is that it, Matt? That's it. You do what your daddy used to do. You keep the people happy. I'll keep the machinery happy. Well, it's been a whirlwind few hours for Molly Carpenter and her teenage daughter, Madison, and young son, Forrest, thanks to the factory foreman, Mac. Molly now has a clear idea of what she has to do to save the Carpenter Snowflake Company and save all of the jobs in the town of Maplewood. Thanks to Pop, Madison, and Forrest, they're beginning to grasp what it means to be a part of the Carpenter family and want the snowflakes their family makes means to their mom's hometown and the world hungry for quality snow globes. But what about that mysterious stranger who also showed up at Pops? I think that's your mom out there, kids. Thanks, Pop. Come back see me anytime. Oh, and maybe I'll see you tonight at the Winter Carnival. Bye-bye. <laughs> ah, can I get you a warm-up on your coffee? Uh, please. So what's your name, Sonny? Uh, I'm Alex Green. Oh, oh, you're that radio guy. That's why I know your voice. Yeah, but, uh, but I grew up in Maplewood. I'm a Maplewoodian. Oh, Maplewoodian. <laughs> but my name back then was Dwayne Schmidt. Dwayne Schmidt, of course! <laughs> I, right, I became Alex Green when I got into... Radio decades ago. Dwayne Schmidt, well, I'll be. Mm-hmm. It's been at least 30 years. Why did you stay away so long? Well, when I left Maplewood at first, I didn't want to come back here. But then I just, well, I just had time to come back. Oh? Yeah. Well, I, I've got some time now. I've reached a point in my life where I just felt that I needed to, you know, come home, Pop. 
If you're from Maplewood, it is always your home. You know the old story, you loved a girl, yeah. she loved someone else, oh. couldn't bear it, had to leave. So where'd you go? Oh, you know, I worked on a cattle boat in Europe. I went to college to see what they knew, and then I wanted to build things. Airports, skyscrapers, bridges, big things, you know? So you're an engineer then, huh? Uh, no, not really. All that legit stuff fell through. I ended up going to the city and getting a job in radio. I'm late. That's fine, Cindy. It's been a slow day. Seems like everyone's getting ready for the winter carnival. Well, hello. Who's your friend, Pop? Uh, my name is Alex. I, I mean, Dwayne. Dwayne Schmidt. Wait. Cindy? Dwayne? <laughs> oh, you haven't changed a bit. Dwayne Schmidt? Yes. Dwayne Schmidt! Dwayne Schmidt! You were Molly Carpenter's boyfriend when we were in high school. Oh, Dwayne Schmidt. <laughs> oh, no, come on, Cindy. Boyfriend isn't exactly the word I used. She loved that, uh, that other guy. You mean Paul. I don't mean Sam Wainwright. <laughs> well, you know they got married and had kids. They had a wonderful life. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I told you she loved that other guy. Hey, remember those kids who were in here when you first came in? Yeah, what about them? They're Molly and Paul's. Molly's kids were here? Is Molly in Maplewood? All three of them, just here. Mm. But, but no Paul? Was she finally dumped that jerk or something? Oh, didn't you hear? No. Paul died. Oh. That's why Molly came home. Oh, I'm sorry. I hadn't heard that. Well, then, uh, it's nice to see you here after all these years. What's bringing you to Maplewood? Uh, well, my professional situation has uh, reconfigured, reconfigured recently, and well, as you say, I'm exploring additional opportunities. Mm, that, that, that sure sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I got fired yesterday. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what else to do, so I felt like, well, something in Maplewood, maybe someone in Maplewood is calling me to come back here. So you came back. Back to Maplewood, you say? Yeah, uh, back to zero. See, if I can find out what's been missing from my life, uh, some simple country folks like yourself can take someone like me, who's quite sophisticated, and just blow my mind with a lesson or two about what's really important in life. Mm. Yeah. Well then, you should take a walk on over to the Winter Carnival tonight. Everyone in town is going. There's ice skating, there's a big fireworks show. <laughs> Seems like the perfect setting for something magical to happen. And why don't I be the one to show you around? Okay. Oh, goody. Pop, is it okay if we close the cafe early tonight? Well, it is the winter carnival, and I would like to go myself, so why not? It's so good to see you at home like this, Molly. It sounds like you've got the snowflake factory under control. Yeah, Dad, Mac and I did get it worked out. I'm sorry, but it's a little too much for me. Has been for a couple of years. As a stubborn but lovable and often quite needy old grandpa type, <clears throat> I wasn't sure where to turn, and that's why I'm grateful to you. I know, Dad, and I'm so glad to have something to do besides just 
sitting around and being sad. This is a good move for all of us coming here in so many ways. And Madison and Forrest seem like they're doing well under the circumstances. Yeah, Mom, they really are. Actually, where'd they go? They're getting unpacked downstairs. Oh, bless their hearts. You know, they didn't want to leave all their friends, but they knew we had to move here. I know I'm the reason for your move, but I do believe Maplewood is the best place for those kids. Yep, good schools, safe streets, home to grandma and grandpa. And it's the best place for you too, young lady. You'll see, you'll see what I mean. So how's that? Well, a woman, a widow, even a plucky one, can can do sort of modern widow. She can't just raise two kids without without a man around the house now, can she? That never happens on TV. Oh, Arthur, come now. You need to get out more or maybe watch a different channel. These are different times, very different times. I'm not so sure. Mark my words, just you watch. Uh, the bachelors and widowers will be lining up. <gasps> Arthur! So... All these local weirdos are going to line up. Wait, I can picture it now. Guys like old smelly Jack, probably. They're going to line up to come and take pity on and take a shot at the homely and helpless widow carpenter and her poor indigent children. That all sounds very 19th century to me. I was thinking more along the lines of the Brady Bunch, but you know what I mean. No, thank you. I've got plenty to keep me busy, and I have you two to take care of Forrest and Maddie. The last thing I need is a complication from some lonely widower with a heart of gold or a confirmed bachelor who's feeling his mortality and is now finally ready to put his oat-sowing days behind him. Please. Oh, you may say that now. Arthur. I'm sorry. I've been doing some reading on this wide world web. And I do believe some of this is related to my disappointment over never having had a son of my own. You see, I need a son-in-law to serve as a big adult male child that I can play daddy to. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on, Mom and Dad. Let's get the kids and let's forget about all this nonsense. We're going to miss the Winter Carnival. The biggest event of the year in Maplewood is the Winter Carnival. Folks come from near and far, mostly near, to <laughs> ice skate on the frozen pond. They make s'mores and the big cherry bonfire. They try their luck at carnival games and sample food from the booth run by the 4-H. This way, Dwayne, or Alex. The frozen pond is just a little bit further down. It's past the library. I don't know, Cindy. I haven't, I haven't been ice skating for a long time. What do you do for fun anyhow? Oh, well, I mean, pretty much every weekend I travel somewhere. I have seminars. I give speeches. I sign copies of my books and CDs. Yeah? You don't sound like much fun to me. <laughs> I was thinking more about bowling or playing softball or something. Oh, no, no, no. I have fun. I got yeah, big, big fun. Listen, I, I, I get to fly places like Boise, Eugene, mm. Zula. Huh? Drive a rental car. Sometimes I go a little crazy and I don't take the insurance. Mm. Sometimes I get a free upgrade. One time I had an Escalade. Oh. Anyway, 
I stay in anonymous hotels that fold up the toilet paper into flowers. I spend a lot of time in tomb-like, windowless ballrooms, completely shielded from heat and cold, depending on what time of the year is, I never know. And then I pretty much have a steak medium for dinner. Okay, I guess that sounds sort of fun. Oh, yeah. And I get to watch a lot of cable television. I get all the premium channels, of course. No charge. Nice. But no bowling or softball? Free Wi-Fi, too. But not exactly. Uh, To be honest, I don't really have time. But every place I stay usually has a pretty good fitness center. So I, I get to run on the treadmill for hours and watch CNN without the sound. You like that kind of thing? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I, well, I spend a lot of time running as fast as I can, but I, I don't really ever seem to go anywhere. Hey, there's Molly, Molly, Molly. That's me running fast and looking great and doing it, but stuck in one sad, lonely place. Cindy. Cindy, I thought I might see you here tonight. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I've got to admit, though, it is a little overwhelming. Yeah. Are the kids around? They are, with mom and dad at the pond. Oh, forgive me. Hi, I'm Molly. I know who you are. He's back, Molly. Oh, my God. Dwayne? <laughs> Dwayne? I can't believe it. Me neither. You look incredible. I am so... Oh, I'm sorry to hear about... Uh... Cindy, Cindy? What is it now, Pop? I have a hot chocolate booth at the pond. Ran out of whipped cream. Can you run over to the cafe and grab some more for them out of the walk-in, please? <sighs> right now? Oh, all right. All right. Sorry. I gotta run, but I'll be back as fast as I can. Don't you two go anywhere without me. We'll come and find you. Um, so I, by the way, my name is Dwayne now. I don't know if you know that or not. I was, I was saying sorry for what happened to, uh, Paul, right? I, he was too young to have that kind of thing happen well, to him. Yeah, he was. But what was Dwayne, uh, Cindy saying about you not being Dwayne anymore? Yeah, uh, that's right. I changed my name to Alex for radio, you know, Alex Green, the whole thing by Lozell. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. That voice, that wonderful voice. I love Alex Green. I mean, I love your show. Uh, Thank you. So wait a minute. You are Alex Green, the business and venture capital guy? One and the same. (laughs) Well, then you are exactly the person I needed to find. I am? What do you know about manufacturing and process improvement? I'm sure you remember the Carpenter Snowflake Company, right? Of course, of course. Well, I need your help, and I need it right away. Oh. Of course, Alex Green, or Dwayne, had heard of the Carpenter Snowflake Company, and Molly, plucky widow that she is, instantly knew that he was just the guy whether his name was Alex or Dwayne, who could help her make the whole operation more efficient. As they walked through the snowy grounds of the winter carnival on that chilly night in Maplewood, they picked up where they left off decades earlier when they were teenagers. But this time, instead of questions about music and movies, she peppered him with questions about supply chain management, 
just-in-time inventory, business loan, best practices. Though the air temperature was dropping that night, as the night wore on, something else, something else was thawing. As Alex, or if you prefer Dwayne, walked Molly home along the snow-covered quiet streets of Maplewood. This is my folks' host, just up here at the end of the block. Do you remember? Uh, yeah. Trees are taller, but other than that, it looks the same. Well, my parents are still the same. Well, actually, at least my dad is. Yeah, I don't think that guy ever thought much of me. <laughs> well... I, I don't know. I guess nothing's really changed around here. Nope. But it feels very different from where I was living. Oh, the same with me. In the city, I was just sort of a... Forgot myself. I forgot about what was really important. I, I got so caught up in business and money and selling stuff. But those are good things, Dwayne. I think your ideas for the factory are brilliant. <laughs> ideas are easy. Taking action is what really changes things, though. Now, what I need to do is I need to get inside that factory. I need to take a look around. And I'm going to need to measure some of the spaces and really analyze what's going on in each of the individual steps. I think we might be able to move some of the machinery to the fine-tune the process make that Christmas Eve deadline a little easier to beat. Well, how about tomorrow morning? Yeah, I, I'll meet you at, say, 7.30, which is a, ooh, about five hours from now. Is that too soon? Uh, no, no, that's, that's soon enough. See? Now I feel like I'm making a difference in something tangible, something that's meaningful, something for someone I started out maybe having some special feelings about. And that exhausted feeling I've had for the months is gone even though it's two in the morning. And maybe when you see him this time, my dad won't be quite so... So violent? I'm sorry. He has always been so protective of me. Let's face it, he liked Paul better. Oh, I don't know about that. At least he never bit me like Scooter did. Molly! Molly! Who's that? At this hour? What, what? What is it? I think that's... I think that's Mac. Mac, what's wrong? Oh, Molly, I tried to save as much of it as I could. I tried. What happened? What is it? What happened? It must have been the fireworks show. The Snowflake Factory. What? What? It burned down. Oh, no. No. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> oh, Molly. <laughs> Things were already happening pretty quickly for Molly Carpenter and Alex Green, two, two lost souls searching for a connection, and against all possible odds, finding each other again in the snowy streets of their quaint and quirky hometown. Then came the fire at the Snowflake Factory. It was a bad one. Molly and Alex, well, they kept their 7.30 a.m. date, but instead of fine-tuning the uh, snowflake production process, the couple tried to figure out if uh, anything salvaged from the ashes. Word spread around Maplewood pretty fast and the offers of help. They came pouring into Molly's mom and dad's house, which became the temporary office of the Carpenter Snowflake Company. Molly should be back any minute, Mr. Carpenter. I I'm so sorry, sir. With your daughter on the team this year, we came so close to having a championship season. I know, Mac. This is a dark day for the history of this family. 
this company, and the town of Maplewood. Don't worry, Grandpa. I know it's going to get better. I don't know, Forrest. My father and his father before him all faced some pretty grim times in the miniature artificial snowflake business. <laughs> the winter of 1916, the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, plagues of locusts, the summer of love, the war on Christmas, but nothing like this. But Carpenter snowflakes are different. They're magical. He's right, Grandpa. I like the way this little guy and little gal think. Never give up, right, kids? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Hello. Hi, Molly. Dad, do you remember Dwayne? Hi, Mr. Carpenter. Yes, hello. Heard you were back in town. Molly, what did you find at the factory? How bad was the fire? The place was destroyed. There's nothing left. So we're ruined, then. All those jobs, all those families, the patented tumbling process. What are we going to do? Shh, Mac, hold on. Just hold on a minute. Dwayne has an idea. The snowflake manufacturing process is pretty straightforward, right? What's your point? Okay, here's my point. You take a bunch of raw material, you move it down an assembly line. You cut it, you shape it, you package it, you ship it. Am I right? Don't forget the tumbling. All right, the tumbling. The tumbling. The tumbling. It's a special patented process right. because the tup tumbling softens the edges of each individual snowflake. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Mac, Mac, let him finish. Thanks, Molly. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> I just got off the phone with an Arger business consultant. I know, and he invests in commodities and infrastructure. He knows the old Maplewood Farms frozen pea plant very well. He talked to me through all the machinery that's still in there. Maplewood Farms? That hasn't been touched since it closed down 10 years ago. Great. That's what I'm trying to say. All we have to do is move the snowflake assembly line to the abandoned frozen pea plant. What? What? How? Snowflakes aren't frozen peas, young man. But they are. My consultant friend says the process is nearly identical. Well, if that's true, then, then this is brilliant. It'll, it'll be our, 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 what do you kids call it? Oh, yeah, it'll be our HQ2. Now, it's going to take some work. <laughs> yes, our HQ2. Now, it's going to take some work. But we can rebuild a snowflake line... And we can do it fast. Rebuild the snowflake factory in the Olsen, old frozen pea plant while we're trying to get the big order filled? That's like closing down a three-lane free highway for three weeks just so you can open a new toll road through a two-lane tunnel. No, Mac, I think he's on to something. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to not hate him so much. <laughs> do you really think we can do it? We don't have any choice, Molly. Come on. The snow must go on. The next few days moved along quickly. That uh, agribusiness guy, he was right. The frozen pea plant converted easily into a snowflake factory, and the staff worked in shifts around the clock to fill those 75 boxcars. They filled them up with the world-famous Carpenter artificial miniature snowflakes. Molly and Alex, they were working side by side, forging a bond. 
maybe even falling in love. But then, a few days before Christmas, Alex got a phone call. His old boss, Daryl, from the radio station, wanted to meet in person, wouldn't say why, wouldn't take no for an answer. They met for coffee at Pop's Cafe. Okay, Daryl, so what do you want? I'm here. What's up? Oh, Alex, is that all you can say? Hang on, Daryl. Hey, hi, hi there, Cindy. Yeah, uh, two, two coffees, great. Sure thing, sweetie. Pop's coffee is like a daily dose of kindness. Mm. <laughs> now, what did you want to see me about? We miss you, Alex. I miss you. The listeners miss you. And the sponsors, <laughs> boy, they really miss you. So, you told me that you're taking the station in a different direction. Uh, perhaps I was too hasty. Look, I'm here to offer you your old job back. Yeah, well, I don't want it. My rich-like-me seminars are dead, and no one wants to come to those anymore, especially me. And forget the seminar racket. A hefty raise will make up for all that. I don't want it. Bigger talent fees? I'm not interested. Here you are, two coffees. Yeah, thanks, Cindy. Can I get you anything else? Uh, no, thanks. I think we're good. Okay. And I'll see you at the factory tonight, Dwayne. Hmm? I'll be there. Dwayne... Yeah, it's a long story. Now, look, I don't want to waste any more of your time. I want my old job back. I've changed. Plus, personality radio is dead. I mean, you could have a, you could have a studio full of mice, and they'd be more popular than any human host in the air these days. Hey, what would you say if I told you I've got sponsors standing by to pay you a heck of a lot more money than you'd ever make on your old show or with those snake oil seminars. Sarah, listen, I am a new man, a plucky, irrepressible widow, and a town full of quirky, lovable, yet fairly homogenized characters have completely turned my life around in what feels like about 34 minutes. A few key interactions have shown me the true meaning of life, upending what used to be my priorities and called into question decades of bad choices. I've changed, Daryl. I mean, I have changed. I think I've fallen in love with that plucky widow, too. Well, what would you say if I told you I had a syndication deal and this syndication deal would take your show national? Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, that's my bad ear. Why did you say syndication? A, a national show? Almost everything you've ever dreamed of. Well, the old Alex, I mean. He dreamed of it. I have no idea what this Dwayne guy dreams about. Hmm, syndication, national show. It's, it's one I've always wanted. Uh, how can I say no to that, huh? Well, you won't regret it. Uh, I need to take care of a few important things here, but I, I think I can be back in the city. Let's see, uh, how about the second week of January? How's that? Second week of January, no. Uh, the new Alex Green show starts bright and early this Monday morning. The day after tomorrow? Yes. Christmas Eve? Yes. Otherwise, there's no deal. You'd have to come back to the city tonight. Tonight? Tonight, tonight. What? Morning, Molly. Mac? Have you been here in the office all night? Yes, ma'am. Christmas Eve is here. We can't afford any slowdowns or blocking issues. In fact, we're right on track to get every last snowflake manufactured, packaged, and loaded on the Snowflake Express. That is amazing. And all of this in an abandoned factory that used to process frozen peas. 
What would we have done without Dwayne? I'm sorry I doubted him, Molly. Oh, no need to be sorry. Is he out on the factory floor? Uh, you know, I haven't seen him since yesterday afternoon. Me neither. Hmm. Molly, I've got all the cookies and eggnogs from Pops for the celebration. Where do you want them? Oh, thanks, Cindy. I'll come down there with you and let's figure that out together. Right. You haven't seen Dwayne around here, have you? No. Well... Not since last night at the cafe. Did he decide to take that job? Job? What job? And no, I haven't seen him. I thought he was here. So by moving all of your investments to index fund, you have the best chance to have enough for retirement, right? Okay. Okay. Hey, thank you, Larry from Houston. Certainly appreciate it. And that's going to do it for me on Mind Your Own Business with me, Alex Green. It's great to be back on the air all across America, everybody. And I hope you have yourself a merry and, more importantly, a prosperous Christmas. And remember, as I always say, buy low and sell high. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not Alex Green. I can't do this radio crap anymore. These people don't need me here. I'm Dwayne Schmidt. I'm so glad you came to your senses. My senses? What do you mean, my senses? You've got a live spot in 30, Alex. Yeah, I, I don't have time. I, you know, i got to be somewhere. Hey, where's my phone? Well, don't have time. Hey, you better make time for the commercial or you're fired. You're right, Daryl. About my senses, I mean. Well, I'm glad you see it my way. I have finally come to my senses. Now, if you will excuse me. Ten seconds. All right, hold on. Hey, yeah, Molly, Molly, listen, I'm coming home. Yeah. Five seconds. Back to Maplewood. That's right. I'm going to get my plane. I'm going to fly there. I'm going to fly there on my plane. I'll see you soon. Alex? The spot. Do it yourself. Besides, I'm Dwayne. <laughs> you get back here, Alex. Can't help you. I'm headed to the airport. I've got a factory in a town and a plucky widow to save. And I told you before, my name is Dwayne. Alex Green here, with a word for the gutter dictator? Who the hell writes this? Have leaves and other debris thrown a coup on your roof? Are you afraid of clogs and other pitfalls of the season? I'm Dwayne. I am Dwayne. That phony radio guy, Alex Green, was no more. And in the snowy skies above the Cascade foothills, Dwayne Schmidt was now at the controls of his single-engine plane winging his way home, home to Maplewood. Molly drove through a blizzard to meet him when he touched down at the tiny Maplewood airport. May, uh, may I, uh, can I, can I help you? Has anyone landed in like the last 10 or 15 minutes? No, ma'am. No landings here in this year crazy weather. It ain't possible. Oh, with the snow, I'm afraid Dwayne is going to have a hard time finding the airport, let alone the runway. Oh, look at me. Don't you worry, ma'am. Here's the thing. It may be snowing, but I can assure you this is a modern and up-to-date facility with radio navigation, them fancy lights on them ones, the red ones. The green ones, the yellow ones? It is? Well, sure. I mean, you know, look at this. My, my barometer over there is rising. 
She's rising, which means the snow's going to let up soon because the high pressure's building. But is there any sign of a plane heading this way? I feel like he should have been here by now. Uh, let, me, let me check the radio. Hang on a sec. All right, uh, this is Maplewood Airport Superintendent Dick Mallard calling. I repeat, this is Maplewood Dick Mallard calling. Come on in, Maplewood Bound Planes. Maplewood Bound Planes, anybody? Maplewood Airport to inbound planes. Do you read me? That ain't right. I'm cursed. I have to be cursed. Whoa, whoa. Uh, uh, what? I'm cursed. That's why Paul died. That's why the factory burned down. And now, a plane crash? Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. You want to come look at my barometer again? I will let you touch it. But what should we do? Call the sheriff? Should we call the sheriff? Someone report the plane over to you? L listen, I will, t I will get my barometer. I'll touch it again. It's fine. And I'll check the anemometer, too. You know, that spinny thing up there with them cups. Heck, I, you know, I'm going to go outside. I'm going to check the snow just whoa, whoa, real quick. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Where, where are you going? Yeah. Well, that little plane never did arrive at tiny Maplewood Airport. The snow kept coming down. The sky got darker and darker. The afternoon turned to evening. The sheriff was called, but the weather was too rough to mount a search. Still, there was a job to finish at the Carpenter Snowflake Factory, and Molly knew what she had to do. So late on Christmas Eve, the blizzard still howling, but inside the little factory, it was cozy and bright. And everybody was doing their best to put on a brave face and get the last little snowflakes packed up for shipment. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, everyone. May I have your attention? Hey! Come on, everybody. Pipe down. Molly wants to say something. Thank you, Mac. I just wanted to take a moment to thank all of you for all your hard work. Not just today, but all year. Without you, those boxcars out there would be empty. There would be a shortage of snow globes all around the world, and so many people just wouldn't be so happy. Thank you, thank you. Now, you've all heard about Alex, and I'm afraid to say there has been no word and no sign of him or his plane, and well, chances are He's going to be okay, Mom. Okay, Bob, Mom. Okay, kids, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Alex, honestly, was absolutely critical to the future of this factory and to the future of the Carpenter Snowflake Company. And without Alex by my side, I just can't do it. I can't run the company without his help or without his, his love. Oh, come on. You don't mean... He's not... So, I... That's why I've decided, I have decided that after tonight's shipment, I'm going to... Huh? Who's that? Somebody open the door, quick! Alex? Did they find Alex? Oh, Mom! Merry Christmas, everyone! I got some eggnog and some cookies! Oh, oh it's Pop. Hi, That's Pop. That's right! <laughs> I'm a little late because of the snow. Anyway, who are you expecting? Santa Claus? No, it's just that... You damn fool! Alex is missing! His plane never made it to Maplewood! Alex? He's what? My goodness! I've been at the cafe all day baking cookies and making eggnog! 
Thought you'd all be done by now. I'm so sorry. That's okay, Pop. I was just telling everyone that with Alex gone now, we're... I'm afraid we're just going to have to shut down the factory for good. No! But, but all the jobs, Maplewood won't survive without the factory. My kids need me. And honestly, I really need to just stop messing up everyone's life. Messing up everyone's life? But don't you see what you've done for Maplewood? For Forrest and, and for Madison. For your parents. And especially for Alex. Well, of course I see. A dead father. A fire. A ruined radio career? And now, a plane crash? No, no, no. Molly, you've got it all wrong. What do you mean? Molly, take a look around. Everybody here tonight, pitching in on Christmas Eve. Getting the work done in spite of the factory burning down. Sure, everyone's worried about Alex. But you should have seen how glum it was last Christmas when we didn't know that you'd be coming back to Maplewood. You lost your husband, but you helped us all find hope again and find our true Christmas spirit. But what about Alex? He gave up his dream job in radio to be with me, and it got him killed. Now, hold on there a moment. If there's anything that's dead, it's radio. <laughs> we all know that. There was no future in that for Alex or for anybody. You gave him hope for a real future here with you. And those teeny tiny artificial snowflakes. But he died because of me. He don't know that he's dead. Anyway, even if he is, for a while there, he finally truly lived because of you. He got off that treadmill, metaphorically and otherwise, because of the hope for the future he found in you. Oh, Pop, do you really think so? Excuse me. Excuse me, but we've got a job to finish. That train out there needs to leave at 8 p.m. sharp, which means there's just a few minutes to go. Oh, yes, Mac, of course. Of course, you are so right. We can sort out the details of the shutdown in the new year. And my cookies and eggnog will keep until the work is done. All right, everybody, let's get these last pallets of snowflakes packed in the final boxcar. We can have this year's shipment finished in no time. Let's move it out. Forrest? Madison? Yeah, Mom? Yeah. We're going to make this a Merry Christmas somehow. I promise. Really? We will? Mom, are you serious? We have all learned some priceless lessons here the past couple of weeks about hope and perseverance and family and especially about love. And this is where I say, Mom, are you serious? <laughs> What's that oh. smell? <laughs> oh. Pop's eggnog. It must have gone bad again. Will you open the damn door? It's a night not fit for man nor beast out here. Open this door right now. Man, that's old Jack. What does he want? We're freezing to death out here. Open this door right now. I'm coming. I'm coming. My God, man, what took you so darn long? Here, give me a hand with this here varmint. Huh, give you a hand with what? Uh, Is it Dwayne? Uh, Is it Dwayne? I came across this wrecked plane about an hour ago when I was tending me traps. <laughs> the darn fool was hardly dressed for snow. Look at him with his pleated khakis, his tassel loafers. Is he all right? Is he all right? Looks unconscious. 
Get him some of my eggnog. Ah, uh, he'll be fine. I gave him a swig or two off me flask to calm him down. Molly, he kept saying, Molly's waiting for me. I gotta get to Molly. Oh, and the blazes is this Molly for crying out loud. Well, that's me. Hi, Molly. <laughs> hey, he's coming too. Molly, I'm coming, Molly. Alex? Don't you know who I am? I'm, I'm Alex Green. I'm, I'm Alex Green. I. Uh, Alex, it's me. Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? I'm Alex Green by Lotella. I'm right here, Alex. <coughs> You're alive. You're alive. What's that smell? Why is everyone always saying that around me? That's it. It's back into the mountains for me. Oh, Molly, I never thought I'd see you again. I, I didn't want to lose you. You won't. You are home now, Alex. <sighs> Wait a minute. I'm not Alex anymore. My name is Dwayne. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. I'll call you Dwayne, too. Now, Dwayne, buddy. I hate to interrupt this part where you two talk about your plans to marry and how you're going to be a father to Madison and Forrest and where you, Molly, change your mind and decide to keep the factory open. Well, we got a boxcar to load. Yeah, of course we do. Uh, there'll be plenty of time later and years and years, I hope, for all the happy ending stuff. You need my help, Mac, or can I sit this one out with Alex? Uh, it's uh, Dwayne. The train! The train! Sorry, I need both of you guys to help. Or we're going to have a serious choke point. Let's go. Hey, what happened to my loafers? <laughs> Alex? I mean, Dwayne? Were you serious about that happy ending stuff? What do you think? Well, I don't know what to think. I hope you're serious. But I also remember a good piece of advice I heard someone tell me once, or maybe it was a few thousand times. Mm, what's that? Always remember to buy low and sell high. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Molly. Merry Christmas, Dwayne. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> You've been listening to a very Cairo Christmas, live from Seattle's First Baptist Church on Capitol Hill. This is John Maynard speaking. Tonight's program starred John Curley, Ursula Royteen, Dave Ross, Colleen O'Brien, Chris Sullivan, Danny O'Neill, and the Cairo cast of characters. We're running a little late, so good night, folks. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.